0: Welcome to Box Cutters, episode 170. I'm sorry, we've discontinued our French translation service. My name is Josh Canal. To my left, John Richards. Hello, listener. And to my right, Brett Cropley.
1: Good evening, viewers.
0: I'm trying. My to answer. Figure my out answer. To, cryptic.
1: My answer. Are you to talking about the, the the issues that we've been having with Discuss? My uh,
0: my answer to your question is. Uh, it has nothing to do with anything. Huh. It just came to mind. That's how I used to do it. That's how I used to roll. Will Anderson will be on the show uh, to talk about the and uh, transfer. Uh, we've also got a review of a new show called Privileged, which will be starting on Fox 8 shortly, I believe. I may have made that up. But now
1: that I've said it, it'll come true. Oh no! I think you've killed it. Right Just like John retrospectively killed uh, John, John John Hind. I, John I got accused
2: of having killed John Hyde. Has been dead mm. for a while so mm. I, I, That was I, why it was retrospectively I know, but I'm I thinking if you're going to blame me for retrospectively killing people We could be here all day <laughs> Yeah. What else is on the show, Josh? Well, Charlton
0: Heston <laughs> <laughs> I just want to see if it works for me too Jesus
2: Christ uh, no, you'd, you'd bring captain you back to life as a kind of reanimated zombie, zombie corpse. Oh, that would be the bad thing. That would be a that bad thing. That would be the bad thing. Very bad thing. Uh, we've got an I don't buy it. We've got some letters
0: to box cutters. We've got some pork. As always, though, we're going to kick things off with the box cutters news. The uh, Channel Nine juggernaut that is Underbelly, which Brett, uh, as he pointed out on the on the blog, yes, it is rating its ass off, and maybe we're wrong, and the rest of
1: Australia is right. But what I think, Josh, you need to say, maybe I'm wrong, and the rest yeah, of yeah, Australia is right. Maybe
0: Brett's wrong, and the rest of Australia is <laughs>
3: right.
0: <laughs> uh, Baby the, steps. The media, though, the media are just. Are just really going it at the moment, which is bizarre. going it in a good way or a bad way. In a
1: bad way, attacking it. They've turned saying it's no good.
0: They're, they're saying it's no good, and
1: still there's two million plus viewers every week. Well,
0: it's not that they're saying it's no good. It's that they're saying it could be a little bit dodgy. The Herald Sun had an article uh, earlier this week. Is this from the confidential uh, column. No, no, no. This is uh, this. This has two writers on it. Oh, Aaron Mc- McWhorter. And Darren Devlin, Darren Devlin, a real person. Aaron McWhorter sounds made up. Obviously, a made up name. Yeah. Really, really sounds made up. Sorry, Aaron. Uh, they they write that uh, a former undercover detective who has written a book called Undercover mm-hmm. has been uh, what's his name? Ah, uh, uh, oh, who knows?
1: Was was this the uh, the the special agent that was interviewed for the second episode did, of Gangs of Oz? Da- Damien Damien
2: Merritt. Damien Marrott. Who did, impi- uh, did indeed did appear it- on Seven's Gangs of Oz. Yes. Uh, he, Apparently yeah.
1: in a safety house, which was a barn that was full of pigeons and, and badly painted.
2: Aww. In a badly painted barn. <laughs> a badly painted pigeon barn. For the, for the shoot for the, oh, uh, I think the that, show. That's my new show. I'm pitching to Channel 10 tomorrow. Badly Painted Barn. They'll love oh, it. it. It's nice. a reality show.
1: It's cheap. It's going to be
0: good. I like that. Anyway, what did that, David, that could go in a dull with something hilarious about Sybil Shepard. It would. What did David Marriott do
2: in the badly painted barn?
0: In, in the badly painted barn, he wrote a book called Undercover, in which he had a a scene in an orange orchard, grove. Sorry, grove, an orange grove, which interestingly is also a street in my suburb. Uh, had had a scene in an orange grove, and uh, apparently that scene is identical to a scene in Underbelly, in an orange
1: grove. Which was interesting, because uh, Channel 7's Gangs of Oz uh, basically perfectly replicated uh, the scene from Underbelly uh, with different
2: actors. Merritt said, I emailed Screen Time Australia last year to see if they wanted extra consultancy, but I never heard a thing, and now they've blatantly taken the scene straight from my book because it's powerful. I was watching it and thought, this is unbelievable! Except it really happened. I know. So...
0: It happened twice, it's, clearly. Yeah.
2: It's unbelievable that they stole it. Not, not that it happened in the first place. Yeah. It didn't have griffins flying well, in or anything, or okay, zephyrs exploding overhead. Here's which the thing, though, I would watch underbelly if it did that. Here's the thing, though. It either, it either
0: happened or it didn't happen. So, if it's in his book and it happened...
2: But I think he's saying it happened to him as opposed to it happening to Terry, Clark. to Terry Clark.
0: So, right. they've, they've taken Slash his life Matthew Newton. and they've, and they've given it to someone on. else.
2: They've given it to a clothed Matthew Newton. Right.
0: So was he? Uh, was he naked and painting in his undercover book? I believe as he well? was. Right.
2: <laughs> and his father was a, a major presenter of, of uh, current affairs, show of entertainment and, and infotainment and, shows. And so, does Damien Marret
0: have an unconvincing New Zealand accent? I believe he does. Right. Okay. Well, then that's ca- that case is closed. Uh, <laughs> News. dot also like to point out that there was an uh, Emirates Air billboard. In the background of a scene in *Underbelly*, *A Tale of Two Cities*. Emirates did not start as an airline until 1985,
2: and uh, and so it, it's just it what, just strikes what, me as
0: odd that these things are coming out now. That last year, no one no one dared say that *Underbelly* could put a foot wrong, uh, even though in last year's *Underbelly* there were heaps of uh, of. Inaccuracies as, as far as things oh, going on, we
1: haven't seen the whole thing as yet, and so everybody actually watching the full season uh, was was from out of the state. Oh no,
0: no, so I went to no uh, to. Uh, I went to New South Wales and got the box set and watched it there
2: and left it at the border. <laughs> <laughs> set it on fire, I think, at the border, just to prove your point.
1: Have they have they got a second set of bins now? With the uh, put your fruit in here and put your <laughs> under put under your under DVDs. Under DVDs and yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, and. Yeah, heaps of inaccuracies, especially you know shots of the Melbourne skyline with buildings that did not exist. And the Twin Towers had come down by
2: the time they were shooting. I yeah, know, did. it's yeah. crazy. All those yeah. scenes with Nirvana in them. I don't know what they were thinking.
0: That was bizarre. <laughs> it's bizarre. Anyway, so I, I just find it interesting that uh, that media outlets are coming out now to, and saying that uh, oh, Underbelly it's uh, it's historically inaccurate. Uh, and uh oh I've got a complaint about underbelly. Uh oh, where's Roberta Williams?
1: That's uh I, I just find it very odd. And and odd given the history between uh like the Herald Sun and, and the Nine Network, they've been rather chummy in the past and uh, yes. Yeah, they're well, and they're sticking the boots in. Well and it's two uh it's two
0: uh Murdoch outlets, the uh, Daily, De- da- Daily Telegraph and Herald Sun. But as someone pointed out to me recently, pretty much every newspaper in Australia except for a couple of Murdoch papers. So I can't really draw a, a, a conspiracy theory around that one.
1: Okay. I
2: don't, think, I don't think you should let the facts ever stop you from drawing a conspiracy
0: theory. Well, it, do, it, do, it doesn't happen to Murdoch papers. No.
2: No. Let me move on Please I've got, I've got a bunch of things That may happen um, You haven't got a witty segue, though I haven't got a witty segue. No I've, I've given up on segways so I'm just going straight into it now um, A bunch of things That might happen A movie version Of Battlestar Galactica Yes it's, it's you know, Any chance to bring it up we, um, we talk every week About the phenomenal Bleak um, You know metaphor for, for war and, and humanity that is Battlestar Galactica and Universal Pictures are planning to p- produce a theatrical release of it. But not of course not of this version. They're gonna do a theatrical movie of the seventies version. So Ham
0: they they're gonna oh. reanimate Lawn
2: Green's corpse. They're gonna bring Lawn Green back to life. Um uh, it's not known if Dick Benedict and Richard Hatch will reprise their roles. I think we, we know they won't. Um, but well, Richard yeah. Hatch is still in jail, isn't he? Yes, yeah, yeah, for tax evasion. But mm. yes, but based on the um, the 1978 79 series as its source, God, Lord knows why anyone wants to see that. So if you're who's looking uh, at he's going to play jacket, Hoss. Who's Um, going to play Hoss In this one A universal spokesman Refused to comment on the news It's believed An official announcement Will be made In the coming weeks So we don't know Who's going to play Hoss We don't know Who's going to play Hoss No Uh, Also on the On the things That may well be made up uh, Billy West uh, Who does the voice Of Fry Zoidberg And Professor Farnsworth In Futurama Was interviewed uh, In Florida At a convention And told them That the DVD sold so well That Fox has started Making noises About doing a sixth season For television And the noises They're making Are (laughs) (laughs) indeed. So that's like, you know, that's someone who's who's got a vested interest in the show, saying that they might be interested in possibly putting it back on television. Which, it, you know, it, to 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 say that Billy West is is maybe the positive box
0: box cutters because when he said something, it did come true. He said, "Oh, there are talks about doing three movies, and three movies then happened."
2: Okay, so so perhaps perhaps Billy West does know what he's saying. I, I, I think Billy West is the king of futurama. He is. And and finishing off my things that probably won't ever happen, Um, Stephen Fry, in an interview for a BBC website, said that um, he's been talking to Hugh Laurie about possibly going back to do um, something again. They, of course, did four series of of Fry and Laurie in the 80s uh, and Jeeves and Worcester in the 90s. So if they can manage to drag Hugh Laurie away from those huge piles of money he's currently getting in America, then, uh, you know.
0: That's hard to do. Uh, it is, yeah, it, it, it is.
2: It is very hard. To, like you know, he, he might do it
0: if he's got five weeks off. Exactly. I just tell you the news. I don't believe it. But then, <laughs> then people go, "How come? How come he's limping in all of the sketches in Fry and Laurie?" Because
2: actually, him in Hollywood, they they literally noble him.
0: Right. <laughs> That's terrible. We're
2: just literally but, nobbled next to each other and I'm not sure what that means.
1: But that's, uh,
2: that's the method for you. <laughs> it is. It is. Talking
1: of terrible things, uh, we, have, we have spoken previously. <laughs> you are
2: so good at segways. You are so good at them.
1: We have <laughs> spoken previously about Freeview, uh, which is uh, an EPG and a badge. And an ad. Basically. It's an ad campaign, oh, it's as far lots as I, I can it's, tell. It's, yeah. it's an ad on the
0: ABC. It's, yes. mostly, it's mostly a badge with an associated
2: EPG. And an ad campaign.
1: Yes. And restrictions. And uh, TV manufacturers who uh, supply televisions to the Australian market uh, may not be uh, looking forward to uh, to producing the new hardware uh, because of the demands from Freeview and uh, because of the time it takes to deliver Freeview compliant TVs. Uh, the agreement uh, has been, or the, the specifications documentation has been given to the vendors' Under a non-disclosure agreement, so they can't actually tell us. In what uh, way it's not w- compliant? Because yeah, how how can it they not may have an issue? With.
2: I don't even know how it can not be compliant.
0: Maybe they're using the wrong glue on the badge.
1: What? Well, <laughs> as as was it last week or the week before that uh, I reported that uh, part of the specifications was that it can't have ad skipping uh, capabilities, right. mm-hmm. which
2: mm-hmm. which virtually all of them have now.
1: Um well if you're going to if you're going to have a, a a PVR or or some sort of digital recording device it, mm-hmm. it
0: it's a, it's a good thing to have I yes. wish I wish IQ had it it doesn't I cry about that every single time it I have to skip through the ads. Mm. Uh, uh just i uh, I've got an article here again Herald Sun, uh saying that uh, a uh, what? Are you on the take from news.com I think so I what happened. I think I am. They just seem to have more news than anybody else. Oh,
2: yeah. More news at N- news.com.au. <laughs> Right, It's in the name, isn't it? You know, if it was yeah, called yeah, yeah. fluffykittensonline.com.au, you'd know what to expect. You only have <laughs> kittens. I'm right? looking at the age if I want
0: old people, <laughs> but I'm looking at news.com.au. For news, people. for news people, see that's how that goes. Uh, anyway, I don't know. This, I just use Google, and uh, and these are, these are the ones that come up. So maybe Google and news. today. You have a. I mean, I'm, I'm really what, trying for a conspiracy what, what theory. What were you going to tell show. us? From I was going to say that uh, that a, a managing uh, a managing director was it a, a managing director? Uh, see, I've lost it now because oh. of Brett
1: Cropley. Seamless. <sighs> well, let me just uh, jump in there quickly. Oh, sorry, and a, a tell managing you director a... of
0: a well-known TV equipment Nothing. brand. <laughs> who did not wish to be named said freeview ain't free for consumers that's the bottom line what is clear is our $149 set top boxes would jump to more than $200 to comply with the freeview technical specifications and the price of our TVs would be 5 to 10% dearer but they'd have a badge and, yeah. a, and an ep this thing yeah <laughs> And an EP thing Sorry Brett you And really say...
1: when it comes down to it uh, Consumers aren't going to have an option As far as the ability to upgrade or not Because uh, the analogue TV signal Will be getting turned off at some point and, um,
2: not, front... not if
0: not if our President Obama Has anything to do with it
2: Yeah We should have a party when well, they should do that Wouldn't that be great BoxCutters should hold an event The official switching off of the analogue signal And well, we have a countdown Like it's New Year's Eve But where are we going to do it? Because it's, it, it's going to be it's a, it's a rolling
0: thing So are we going to do it at the first town uh, that's going to be this year, or are we going to do it the last town in two thousand and eighty-four? The
2: first town's somewhere crazy, isn't it? Uh, it's it's like Swan
0: Hill, or no, it's not Puarong. It's like Swan
1: Hill or or Mildura or something like that,
0: Ooh. somewhere on the Murray, I think.
1: Well, if Mount Danon goes up uh, in, in some of these bushfires, then maybe they'll uh, need to replace the transmitters, and uh, they'll bring it in a little bit quicker. Possibly.
0: It's going to happen now.
1: <laughs> it's not going to
2: happen. Yeah, just don't don't yeah. Uh, oh.
0: right. Anyway, speaking of uh, of ads as Brett was with uh, with ad skipping, the USA network in the states uh is uh, taking a page out of Saturday Night Live's book. Uh a couple of weeks ago I spoke about MacGruber, their uh, their character the, that they put into an ad, The Scads. Yeah, The Scads. That's right. Yes. Scads. Glad you remembered, Brett.
1: The ads within the sketch.
0: That's right. Oh, no, it's a sketch, sketch... ads. ...within the ads. It's a sketch ad. It's a scad. That's how that came about. Pick it up, Variety. Run with it. Give me money for it. Uh, they're using... The USA uh, Network are using characters from Psych. Mm-hmm. So, not just the actors, James Rede and Dulé Hill, but their characters. So, them playing their characters, doing their usual stuff... In front of a new car by one of their sponsors in the middle of the ad break, having nothing to do with the show itself. Okay. So, fast-forwarding through the ads, you see the two characters, and then before you know it, oh, no, I've seen an ad.
2: <laughs> oh, because right, you think the TV show's come back on, yes. but no, they're still selling you products. They're still selling you products. Next, they'll be putting products into shows. Oh, that's just crazy talk. Um, speaking of comedy, uh, The Age has mentioned. Now, Sean McAuliffe's Newstopia, which we mentioned quite some time ago, we were saying, oh, Sean McAuliffe's is going off to uh, was it Channel, Channel 10. Channel 10. To do a, signed
1: a, an exclusive contract well, with but, we,
2: but everyone said that he was still sticking with Newstopia even though he was going to be at Channel 10 I, um, I, I don't believe I was Well, SBS, there, SBS has, has acted in some surprise to discover <laughs> that they can no longer have him in Newstopia which they were apparently planning to start very soon in a new primetime um, schedule and they're they a bit shocked to discover he's left Sean so, Brown um, was heard to say what 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 Apparently they didn't get the email. So, uh, yeah, so sorry, SBS. uh, McCulloch left to do a show called My Generation on 10, which uh, pits celebrity baby boomers against Generations X and Y to find out who knows most about the world. Which would you rather watch, that or Newstopia?
0: The story story that I heard about uh, Newstopia was that SBS had scheduled it to, to have a, a new primetime uh, show because it was really successful in its time slot, so let's move it to, <laughs> to somewhere where it you know, might not be as successful but more primetime so we can charge more money for it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that time slot conflicts with the My Generation time slot and McAuliffe can't do both. So it's not that McAuliffe can't do... can do both at the same time. It's, I'm, it's I'm, that he can't do both at the
2: same time. But I believe they're not live. I, I don't want to... Look, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to I know. break this to you, Josh. But I, know. I, it's, know. The, I know. The that, people on the telly are often pre-recorded.
0: I don't understand. There's a man. He comes into my house. <laughs> goes into the television. And performs little plays for you. Yeah, I don't know how they work on the flat screen TVs. But I've got plenty of room in my CRT. I just... <laughs> So, no, but that's, that's the story that, uh, that I heard So they didn't want to have two McAuliffe's on at the same time So they're holding off on Ustopia until later
2: I reckon there's a letter on a desk somewhere in SBS saying Sorry everyone, I'm going to Channel 10 It's been lovely working with you all And no one's noticed That's yeah. my belief, that's how television works they should have hidden it in the ads. Speaking of things leaving, Richie Benno's retiring, but it's in 2010, and it sounds a bit too Jody Farnham to me. So and, there we uh, go. Oh,
1: and, well, and now that you've mentioned him, uh, maybe he won't even
2: make it that far. Oh, <laughs> No, no, it's only, it's only Josh. For, for any new listeners the oh, really programme, we should Josh. point out Josh, or Dr. Death, as we know him, has a tendency to to announce the deaths of people some weeks before they happen. Yes. And, uh, and then it came to just mentioning your name casually in passing. He's a bit like that videotape from Ring. <laughs> So, um, <laughs> just bear that in mind. And uh, who, who's been part of the death toll thus far? Well, he killed Eartha Kid. Yes. Um, he killed. Uh, um, oh, who was it the other uh, week? John, John Updike. John yes. Updike. That was out say, of nowhere. I can say his name now because <laughs> yeah. I can't kill him again. And then she bring him back to my life. Um. Uh, he's killed a couple of others He's killed some shows Killed some careers He's, he's, a, he's a man of death uh, he, gra- Grant has. Hackett I announced Grant you, Hackett's retirement You do um, The tricky thing though Is that he can mention your name If you're on the show And you survive So if you are a celebrity And Josh mentions your name Ring us up to organise A guest appearance Because then everything Will be fine Oh yeah Oh, yeah. uh, I, I believe one of the things Josh killed Was uh, Pushing Daisies No! Which,
1: um, which still hasn't had its finale uh, Aired over in the USA um, The same with Eli Stone And Dirty Sexy Money uh, Apparently the finale of Pushing Daisies will be yeah. Getting screened at... Uh, April, April's Paley Television Festival in Los Angeles. So, if, if you really want to see the finale, you have to go to LA, to, to, for get your tickets conference. for uh, the festival, and you'll be able to see it there.
0: Eli Stone is something I killed. You did kill Eli I, Stone. I did announce that Eli Stone had been cancelled two weeks before it had actually been cancelled. Yes.
2: Paul Pushing Daisy's guy, though. I forgot his name off the top of my head. But, you know, he had, he had uh, problems with um, it's, Wonderfalls, it's, which is a Tim, fantastic Timonier? show. Uh, that? yes, that's a, pushing daisies. And this whole thing pushing daisies where they went, Oh, we're gonna maybe put them online. Oh well maybe no, we're not to that. We'll play it at a television conference. Oh, maybe we'll just release it as a series of flip books we'll leave on the floors of a laundromat. See, it's like they are <laughs> just they're not giving this man anything and I feel nothing. I feel, it's 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 pretty it's pretty sad. But
0: uh you know, good luck to everyone. Sure. Sure. Oh. Good luck to everyone. Hey, remember earlier on I mentioned uh uh, is this oh, flashback no. time? This is flashback time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Should I put the jingles in here? Oh, no, you know what? I'll, I'll finish with that. I'll go with SBS, while we're uh, kind of... We were on SBS. Uh, they've uh, announced three new shows, uh, half-hour series. One's called Food Investigators, where... What's
2: that about? Well. Because, <laughs> you know, I'm a very dull television viewer, and I can't quite work out where we're going with that title. A f- are you familiar with food?
0: I've heard of it. Do you remember the old ABC show, The Investigators? I'm familiar with its work. Right, combine them together, you get a delicious meal of intrigue. I get Helen Wellings dipped in chocolate. You do, <laughs> you do. Uh, it's, uh, it's 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 uh, being uh, co-hosted by Dr. Renee Lim and apparently former food scientist at Joe Avati. Also, <laughs> it could happen. <laughs> Joe Avati, Sydney stand-up comedian who who really just does uh, uh do, does a lot of ethnic humor uh really plays to home crowds a lot who for, crazily i ran into at, uh, at an airport in Vancouver I was just oh Giovanni oh just going uh, yeah. um very very strange and now he's a former food scientist who knew uh there's also one called uh, Dave in the Life uh where uh, Dave Zwolinski will experience the life of somebody else, a gang member, a sports hero, a bikey. It sounds a little bit like Review. Ah. It sounds
2: a little bit like Review and a little bit like 30 Days. and A little bit like Dollhouse. (laughs) And show 90 Um, The ABC's also announced a new show called Bush Slam To be hosted by H.G. Nelson Now there's some confusion on these notes Whether it's actually hosted by H.G. Nelson Or or whether it's hosted by um, Greg Pickhaver Pickhaver. But um, the the plot I just want to read this out because I love this each poet will be given three days, because there's a, they'll be sending in three poets, I believe, to oh, small towns. there's poets. There are poets, so the poets are... Uh, so we're talking poetry slams. Poetry slams, in the bush. They're, they're sending some poets in Because to... I-, I saw a film called Bush Slam once, and it was completely <laughs> yeah. different. Each poet will be given three days to capture the essence of the town and its people in verse. At the end of three days, the poets will entertain the town in a live head-to-head, quote, poetry slam, as I believe the young people are calling it, hosted by Nelson, also known as Greg Pickhaver, with locals declaring during the winter, the towns to feature a cower and lightning ridge in New South Wales. Curryong in Victoria, Yabiar in Queensland, Blenheim in South Australia, Tasmania, Stanley. Sorry, WA, you miss out. Um, Amanda, Amanda Duffy says Poets provide the base notes of our culture and identity, so it's thrilling that this primetime series will explore wide open spaces, the verandas, sheds, hills, and forests of Australia through the verse and rhythms of a great lineup of talent.
0: I agree, Amanda. Poets do provide the baseness <laughs> of our society.
2: <laughs> and uh, it's a six part series that will be airing on ABC One later this year. Great.
1: Did you have a third uh, new thing on
0: SPS? I, uh, I did, I did. A show called The Squiz, uh, hosted by Arne Doe, uh, which will be a panel of sports stars, celebrities, and top comedians uh, testing their sports quiz knowledge. Mm. So, so it's not testing their sports knowledge. Mm. It's testing their sports
2: quiz. I think with that lineup, I'll certainly be downloading a lot of overseas television. <laughs> <isn't> it? <So laughs> it's their knowledge of different sports quizzes. <laughs> not actually No, that'd be just great let's, let's pitch a panel show in which you have to answer questions about all the other panel shows currently on air <laughs> I'd love that <laughs> um, Doctor Who no segue at all Doctor Who is being uh, possibly spot off to a live stage show in the UK um, the show will tour the country features state of the art light and sound effects along with 3D footage of favourite characters uh, including Daleks Cybermen Sotarans uh, and The Sun oh no it's from The Sun that's where the story's from <laughs> okay um the BBC... now hey, uh, live from the sun. Live from the sun. Uh, they want it to be a doctor who experiences, this is a quote from a source, according to The Sun, they want it to be a doctor who experiences and will blast fans with amazing visuals and music. The emphasis is will be on technology, and it's unlikely any of the show's stars will be on stage, but they are expected to feature in video elements. So basically, it sounds like you're going to be going to a stadium to watch a television quite some distance away. Didn't you two already do that? Yeah. Apparently <laughs> this is the BBC worldwide is a big thing now. They're, they're going to officially announce the plans within a month. It will tour UK arenas in the uh, in the summer holidays in the UK. So that's I I can't wait
0: till Doctor Who in the Round comes. (laughs)
2: No, it mentions they've done Strictly Come Dancing uh, live (laughs) tour, and Jeremy Clarkson, Richard Hammond, etc. Did the Top Gear live show, which we we mentioned. Which there was a little bit of a
1: snippet last week that uh, the Ferraris they use on stage apparently weren't real Ferraris.
0: They, they were like those uh, Volkswagens that you could like, get the Carrera kit to make it look like a Porsche. They were
2: lizards tied together because they looked more like Ferraris on stage. I don't know how Actually, it works. Oh, I, I think they might have been
1: Toyotas with uh, with uh, different bodies uh, put on them. Um, hey, sad news for uh, for long-term listeners who may have uh, pursued the middleman that uh, we, we favourably reviewed earlier in the year. Or was it late last year? Oh, just, get on with it. Um, The ABC in the United States has uh, announced that it won't be coming back And the finale episode, uh, tying up all those loose ends, will be released in graphic novel form What we used to call comic books Yeah I still do Do you? Yeah, yeah (laughs) Um, uh, I I,
0: I think a graphic novel is like American Psycho It's a pretty graphic novel Pretty graphic
1: Pretty graphic Uh, It'll be called The Middleman, The Doomsday Armageddon Apocalypse
2: and uh, is set to hit bookshelves in the states in July. On on the middle blog website as well, uh, Javi, uh, Javier Javier Markswatch, claims that uh, if you rush out and buy lots and lots of copies of the DVD, that ABC will make it come back on air. I, I, I don't know if that's true, but um, still, yes,
0: Javier, <laughs> we, we buy. will, we will buy DVD. Lastly, in the news. In hilarious Civil Shepherd news. <laughs> what hilarious Civil Shepherd news do you have, Josh? So, Civil Shepherd will star in an upcoming Hallmark Channel pick about a woman in her forties returning to Smith College to finish her degree. She's about sixty-seven now, isn't it's she? It's called Mrs. Washington Goes to Smith, and it's uh, already wrapped Aha. production, so it's uh, it's it's too late. Uh, you know what? I, I should have done my research and found out uh, how old Civil Shepherd actually is
1: because uh, she's not in her 40s, that's for sure.
2: She's, she's in someone's 40s. She was in her know.
1: 40s when she was badly focused back in moonlighting in the 80s. If she
2: time-traveled, she'd be in the 1940s. Yeah,
1: yeah, she's, uh, she's definitely just turned 59.
2: Which is, definitely you know, that's the new late 40s. Oh, is it? Yeah. 59 is the new late 40s. <laughs> it is.
0: Yeah, definitely. 18th of February, 1950, she was born. So, happy birthday, Sybil Shepherd. Hey! <laughs> Welcome to the 40s. And that is the Box Cutters News. Hi,
3: this is Scott Brennan, and I'm bang up for a bit of digital reception on Box Cutters. I've had my box well and truly cut.
0: Our, uh... (laughs) Ah, Scotty. Our guest on this edition of Box Cutters came to our television consciousness, convincing us to buy ice creams. Since then, he's hosted The Glass House and most recently The Gruen Transfer. Please to welcome to the Box Cutter's Telephone, Will Anderson.
3: Oh, thank you very much, and thanks for bringing up the ice cream commercial again, Josh. <laughs> Isn't that the beautiful thing about the age of YouTube? It doesn't matter what you do... Uh, you know, the, the, your, your sins of your past haunt you forever. You, cannot... you advertise one ice cream that sounds like it's named after a feminine hygiene product and it's there for the rest of your life.
2: <laughs> is it on YouTube? Have you looked for it, Will?
3: Uh, I, I get it sent to me constantly, you know. <laughs> oh. but, it is, but it is generally one of those things that I think that has changed in the media these days. That, uh, you know, it, it really, really be, will, will be one of those sort of things where someone accepts the Nobel Peace Prize for finally bringing Israel and Palestine... Together And then they'll, yeah, somebody will go, and here's this bit on YouTube when they're on Australia's Funniest some Videos and they got whacked in and up by a kid.
0: <laughs> it's, it's perfect. I can, I can also guarantee you that uh, the, the day we get Raven Van in here, I will bring up the solo ads. Oh, that- so don't you worry about that.
2: <laughs> and, and actually, you, you did ask um, uh, Scott Brennan about his campaign for something. Oh, some robotic. noodles or something. Yeah,
0: yeah. Josh, just won't let it go. I I won't. (laughs) I won't let old advertising go. Well, it still lives
3: with me. It's nice, Josh. You are kind of. You're the equivalent of the uh, dodgy uncle at the uh, 21st (laughs) who brings up you know the time that you pooed yourself in public.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's the role I hope to play for my nephew and niece.
3: And I I actually, I I know this is probably not an appropriate uh, story to tell, but I will. I'll clean it up a little for the radio. (laughs) But a a true story. uh, uh, I grew up. uh, I'm a country boy and. And the great thing about going to the country is uh, you get to go to a lot of weddings and in the country everyone gets invited to the wedding, you know. And it's one of those classic things where you always get, you know, the drunk best man making inappropriate speech in front of the nanas and the little kids. And the best one I ever saw and uh, I'll, I'll try to clean this up as much as I possibly can. Uh, the guy got up, and this was his opening line. He said, uh, "You know, it's great that say Josh has met Michelle, uh, because before he met Michelle, he had sex with a lot of pigs." <laughs> <laughs> that's a great way to take the air out of a room.
0: Yeah, that's 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 fantastic, and uh, and and that also, you know, gets us back to advertising. <laughs> Which, which takes us to, to the Gruen Transfer. You're currently working on the second season of Gruen Transfer. First season was, I, I think, the surprise of last year. I, I think when, uh, uh, when Denton came out and said, this is going to be the new show from, from my company, everyone kind of went, ads on the ABC, I don't get it. Uh, but then uh, it started beating spics and specks, even though it was following it.
3: Yeah, I think it's like one of those things where, I mean, I, I think it's just a combination of that. Yeah, there is a market out there for, you know, I think intelligent, thought-provoking television, and there's a lot of ABC listeners who are too lazy to turn their TV over after spicks and specks. <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, those two things really came together, I thought. <laughs> I, I love because I do get that a lot. Of people go, oh, it's a real surprise hit. And they, they will really emphasize that. Like, it's a real surprise hit. <laughs> like, we never really expected anything you would do would actually be successful.
2: <laughs> <laughs> did it, though, as a project, where well, did it require a lot of development? Or was it one of those ideas you went, no, it's a brilliant idea, that's what we need to do straight uh, no, away?
3: It was, it was, uh, I'll, I'll talk you through it. i have been, I kind of have a five and two theory on, on entertainment and I don't know how accurate it is but I kind of feel that five years you need to do something properly normally like you need a couple of years to get it right uh, you know a couple of years to do it well and sort of you get your year of having a victory lap and, and I did the you know the, the Brecky show on Triple J for five years and it felt about like a good cycle and Grasshouse went for about the same amount of time and, and after you do something for that long I always feel like you need, you need two years off before you feel uh, you know ready to do something again you know really enthused about it mm-hmm. And, um... And so I, uh, I was about 18 months into the two years I was kind of having off the telly before I was thinking about it again and, and Andrew rang up and said, do you want to go to have a lunch? I want to talk about something. And, and my theory is that, you know, if Andrew Denton rings you for lunch, you, you go to lunch because you learn more in an hour with Andrew Denton about television than you're doing, you do know, in years of making it. And B, he does actually pay for lunch, so there's two reasons <laughs> to go. And uh, so we went along and, and he said to me, he said, look, you know, I'm thinking about this doing new, this new thing and I said, well, what is it? And he said this to me, he said, I want to do do a show that gives people the tools to understand advertising, kind of in the same way as Frontline gave people the tools to understand current affairs shows. And I said, Well, well what's it going to be? And he went, Oh, no, that's all I've got. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, Do you want to you know, hold my hand and jump off a cliff and, and, and have a go? And, and I have a real theory. You know, in my life, that I I tend to work with people that I think are, that I think are you know more talented than I am, and and get it dragged along by them. You know, I like to think of myself as a sort of caravan of comedy. And uh, I just remembered being you know 14 years old and, and watching the Money the Gun, and, and being 14 years old and watching the Big Gig, and. And, you know, thinking at my age that I had an opportunity to have worked with Ted Robinson, you know who produced a big gig on Glasshouse, and that Andrew Denton was suddenly asking me to to do a show with him, and I just thought well, even if i don 't know what the show is, I probably should do it anyway
0: and uh, it seems your instincts were right having worked with Ted Robinson at, uh, at GNW and uh, now working with Denton at Zapruder's other films, what are the differences in, uh, in the way they work together?
3: Uh, look, they are very, very different. Like, I think if, if, if the two approaches came together, you, you would have an unstoppable force. But I, I wonder sometimes whether, you know, the, the very strengths of one are the weaknesses of the other because you know, because they are kind of the same thing. Uh, you know, there's a lot of... Good News Week is, is the most brilliant, wonderful large, dysfunctional, retarded family that you'll ever work with your entire life. Like, you know, they are brilliant, wonderful people who care about, you know, you in every aspect of your life. Like Ted Robinson, I, I ring for advice, you know, every second day, you know, um, just for advice in my life, you know. He's like, you know, a second father to me. It's like a, it's a wonderful family, you know, but I'll tell you what, it'll take you three weeks to organise a body cab charge. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and, it's uh, still Zabrin that ABC is mentality a, yeah, and thebut are kind of a different sort of thing that you know they you know we had ten weeks of pre-production when we were doing uh, you know uh, the first series of Gruen and we did ten weeks on air so to, to be in television and have the luxury of ten weeks of putting a show together before doing ten weeks of it is it's absolutely stunning and that's what Andrew Denton brings to the table. He brings that organisation and that, that, you know, sort of planning and, and giving you the best, well, to put it in context. Uh, we did um, uh, 218 episodes of Glasshouse, and our first week of pre-production is what I like to call episode one. (laughs) (laughs) So that gives you a little bit of a a look into the difference.
2: Were there ideas for and transfer, like for for segments or or concepts that you had to dump before the series went to air, ones that you really liked?
3: I think the show itself, like what we did basically, the way we put it together was very organic. We went in with, we didn't even know if it was going to be a panel show when we first started it, it was, it was a much more documentary style show when we first started. Um, it developed into a panel show uh, because we basically, we wanted to do a show that was about advertising but that was for the general public. And so we got a lot of people from the advertising industry and then we just talked to them and we did workshops and it, and it grew into the show it was, which, uh, it, which kind of I think made it a little bit easier to, to actually do. Um, there are things that we didn't do in the first series that I think we will do in the second and if we get a third series. You know, I think in the first series we were, it was like Advertising 101. We wanted to give everyone a sort of baseline understanding and once you sort of get that uh, done, you have the, the ability in the second series to go to, I guess, some of the more insidious levels of advertising. You know, it seems as simple as, Uh, You know, one of the things we discovered in our research was that quite often in America, when uh, a large uh, coffee chain, uh, uh, you'll know the one, just walk down the street in Melbourne, it's every third shop, Uh, when they go into a a, a country town in America, what they would do is they would buy the place where that large coffee chain was. But they would always always purchase the the mum and dad coffee shop across the street as well. And what they would do is they would jack up the prices in the mum and dad coffee shop and then put in their shop as the low-priced alternative. So if you didn't like this particular coffee brand and you thought you were sticking it, sticking it to them by still going to the, the mum and dad coffee shop and paying $6 for your cup of coffee, <laughs> either way, they were still getting your money. So things that were a lot more sort of... Insidious advertising, you know, the idea of things like roaching where, you know, people are basically, uh, you know, girls are getting paid to go to bars and, and, and buy guys drinks of a certain sort of drink. So that the guy goes home from a bar and has this association of a beautiful girl buying him a certain sort of drink and then has an association, you know, good feeling with those drinks. Those sort of levels of advertising, I think, hopefully we'll get to explore a little bit more now that people have got the base there.
0: With, with, with that in mind though, I, I'll often felt in the first series that half an hour just wasn't long enough, that there were things we could go a lot more in-depth into uh, when it came to uh, situations we were exploring in the show. Uh,
3: Look, I think that's fair fair enough, Josh. It's like one of those things where uh, there's a a segment of the show called How Do You Sell, which is obviously where we take one of the big... You know, topics, and, and we're filming on Wednesday, and, and we're actually doing How to Do You Sell Australia. We're going to look at the history of Australian tourism, and, and you know, obviously the Where the Bloody How Are You, and the new Baz Luhrmann ads, and the old Hogs ads, and, and it's a really fascinating topic, and, and in the show they'll end up being about 10 or 12 minutes. In the room those conversations normally go for about 25 minutes, and when we did the DVD, on a couple of the topics we left in all, all 25 minutes, because there was seriously 25 minutes of stuff that any minute of it could have gone on air. <laughs> so, so we kind of, what we've tried to do for the show itself is, you know, we were tempted, do we go a little bit longer? And we thought, no, we'll keep it to half an hour on air. But, you know, I guess when the DVD comes out, if there's that extra stuff there that we think is valuable, we'll make sure that it kind of, you
2: know, people can see it. Do you think the growing has changed the way that advertising approaches things? Like, uh, I remember when Frontline first went to air, Noddy seemed to disappear for about three weeks after that first episode with the, um, uh, showing you how they filmed it. Uh, and then, of course, crept back in again. Do you do you think the Gruen transfers actually affected in how how advertising is approaching?
3: I do think there is uh, there, there has well we hear in, like sort of anecdotal stories. Uh, a little one was uh, Nab, uh, and the National Australia Bank, dropped their their tagline from their ads after uh, because their, their tagline used to be a little word for a big life. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, as I pointed out on the show, I would looked up the word "nab" in the dictionary. And it said to steal. <laughs> so, what was the National Australian Bank trying to tell us? Uh, and, and that dropped away from their ads, it, like yeah, pretty much after the show. And, and we heard back that, anecdotally, and I, 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 you know, I'm only assuming that someone told me that this was true. That uh, uh, that you know they had done that because of you know, the attention that had got on the show. I think I think. The, the interesting areas are the ones with the cliches, like, you know, we did a, a, a great segment on the show, I thought, last time where uh, some of the guys you know, who, who researched the show had found that in four-wheel drive ads, every single four-wheel drive ad has these you know, great cliches of the four-wheel drive, you know, driving up and parking on the edge of the cliff and all, you know, all these ridiculous things. And, and I think perhaps if we start pointing out those cliches that you see in ads... I know in the tourism uh, one we're, doing, uh, we're taping on Wednesday, we've, we've kind of picked out six clichés that pretty much feature in every single tourism ad worldwide. And, we, and we, we've grabbed a whole bunch of tourism ads from around the world to, to show these clichés. And I think the more you point out those sort of clichés, then you, know, you kind of raise the bar for what advertisers you know, have to do.
2: Also makes a good drinking game.
3: Yeah, well, that's <laughs> right. We used to. Uh, uh, and Everyone loves a drinking game, don't they? My favourite one now. Uh, if you ever want to play a drinking game, and it's and it's one of my absolute favourite, one of the great Australian TV shows of all time, The Late Show. Uh, get the Late Show DVD and watch the DVD commentary. And uh, me and my friends like to play a drinking game uh, where Rob Sitch claims to have invented something. <laughs> you have to skull. Uh, when Tony Martin makes a joke about another comedian, you have to skull. <laughs> uh,
0: just uh, one, one last question, because I know you have to run off, Will. But uh, have you been watching the Brand Power ads recently?
3: Uh, well, you, You're talking about the fact that they've replaced Susie Wilkes? Like- lady.
0: Like, Darren's in Bewitched No explanation at all
3: I know, I know, seriously I mean, how many I mean, you know, look It was fine to have four pippers on home and away But uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know There has been uh, It was And this is the sort of thing That happens when you do A show about advertising Like, we've walked in And everyone in work's like You know, they've replaced The brand power lately <laughs> uh, Here's one that you'll love I don't know if you, you're a fan Of the, um, the, the easy off BAM guy Oh, yeah <laughs> You know the BAM man Right This is something I learned the other day, and I think you'll love this one. That is an ad that is pretty much the same in every country. Every country has their own BAM guy, right? And the ads are pretty much exactly the same. They're thinking about having a BAM convention (laughs) in Australia where all the BAM guys from around the world are going to come and our BAM man is going to host it.
0: Uh, Oh, we have to get there. We absolutely have to get there.
3: That is where I want
0: to (laughs) go. Oh, Will, you find out more details of that. You let us know. Thanks. Thank you so much for joining us on Box Cut as well. It's t- taking your time out of your busy schedule. We really appreciate it.
3: Absolute pleasure, guys.
0: When does uh, Gruen Transfer start on the ABC?
3: I believe it is uh, about three weeks from now. But, yeah, you know, like, do the classic. Watch Fix and Specs and leave your TV on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, easy <laughs> so done. I was advertising. I wasn't really good at advertising when it was on. Was <laughs> I? Really should get that together.
0: Thanks so much, Will. Cheers, guys. See ya.
3: Hi, this is the fabulous Adam Richard, and you are listening to The Box Cutters. <gasps> I love them. They're very exciting.
2: And now here's my famous catchphrase. You ready? Say hi to your dad for me. Oh, maybe
1: that's not mine.
0: <laughs> Pri- Privileged is a, uh, a a new show that's on in the America. And uh, it is uh, about a, a young woman who wants to be a journalist. Mm-hmm. And is writing for a magazine, and very quickly her editor tells her that her work is not very good. And oh, really? uh, she needs to go and uh, and learn a little bit more about the people that she's writing about.
1: Writing about? Yes. So that
2: the, she's at some sort of uh, glossy, like, high-end some, some gossip fashion, magazine. But some she, wants, gossip, she wants, she wants, she wants to magazine. write about Hillary Clinton, so she yes. says, go and hang out with some rich people.
0: Yeah. That's the premise. <laughs> that, as,
2: that, that kind of is the premise, though, well, it's, isn't it? As, I mean,
0: it's, that's, the, that's the original premise. And then about five minutes later, the premise becomes, oh, I've set up an interview for you with my friend uh, who has two uh, teenage granddaughters uh, and their parents are dead and uh,
2: she might need work for you.
1: Oh. Well, you know, orphans. Yeah.
2: That that would be the cutest kind of kids around. So sure. she she becomes a tutor to uh two 16-year-old obnoxious rich people. Ah. Yes. Uh, uh whose parents are dead and who live with their grandmother Laurel who runs a business empire. And she is very very rich and hardly ever there in Palm Beach, Florida. So uh, and Palm Beach
0: also happens to be uh this girl's hometown. And uh and that's where her estranged sister lives and uh, and her childhood best friend uh-huh. and so she's uh, just
1: returning to Palm
0: Beach she's returning to Palm Beach but she's got this job she doesn't tell anybody like any of her friends that she's returning until she's actually there and then uh, hilarity ensues
2: or possibly doesn't because it's it's it's
0: not a comedy no it's not a comedy <laughs> but it's lighthearted yes it's a it's a very lighthearted show with a, a little bit of uh, meaning it's it's very I, it reminds me a lot of uh it's kind of gilmore girls meets
2: oc that's that seems fair i think that's a that's a pretty fair thought and that's privileged yes. what 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 did you think of it <laughs> uh
0: i actually i don't mind it it's it's a little bit of nothing but it's cute and uh and the uh characters are you know badly drawn but still somehow watchable
2: uh, and, uh, and it feels a little bit Canadian, but the... Uh, <laughs> it does. It You're does. You're quite right. It does feel oddly Canadian, even though it patently isn't. It's, yeah. But it's just, it's just a little story. I, I had a weird, yeah. I mean, look, it may be a bit numb, I've got to be in all honesty. Like I, I, there are many things, if I wrote them down, which would make me want to hate this show, and I think possibly, possibly it is badly made. I, I couldn't, but I couldn't really tell. I got to the point of going, I am so outside of the demographic for this show. Like, you know, this is a show for people who, who have been a sister and are possibly a sister, even as we speak. You know, like, I think you have to be a sister to really get this show. Like you've I, seen, you've I, seen Sister Act. I have, but they were nuns. Right. And, I, and I've been a nun. But, you yeah. Um, know, yeah, I, I just found myself slightly <laughs> bewildered by, by this show. Especially, what I thought was odd was that in the three episodes, because, you know, the the, the Brett Cropley's three-episode rule, that we must watch the three episodes... Mm-hmm. Oddly, nothing actually happened. Like, she gets the gig, and every episode then falls into this sort of weird circular thing where... She does something to upset Laurel, she makes it up to Laurel, then she does something to upset Laurel again. Or, you some, know. or
0: something to upset the kids,
2: makes it up to uh, the kids, kids. Then upsets them again. A man's interested, it seems to go somewhere, but then it falls apart, and then she's kind of... And, and it was a weird, just circular kind of, like, nothing was progressing, nothing was going anywhere. And then out of curiosity, I looked up the plot description for the most recent episode, which I think is, is episode 17. Um, In which they also be running like a a cantina on the moon. You know, it it, it, it (laughs) seems that they've they've obviously realised how strangely, you know, um, trapped they've got with the premise. I I guess. I don't know.
0: It's like in The Facts of Life when suddenly they just started running a cheese shop. Exactly
2: (laughs) like that. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, I found myself bewildered. by And even down to stuff, I mean, this is the, the, the production stuff. The fact that the sixteen-year-old girls are so patently actors in their mid to late twenties—like, <laughs> I, I was, am I meant to notice that? Am I meant not meant to notice that? Um, the sisters are always in full drag queen makeup whenever they wake up. Like their hair and makeup has obviously just been done. Like there, there's no well, I, their outfits also are
0: sometimes quite drag queeny. That that gold uh, uh, gold sequin
2: dress that uh, the the younger Mm-hmm. The younger daughter. That'd be Rose. Rose. Rose and Sage are the characters' names, um, which she calls spices, and of course they're herbs. Um, but it was a thing of you know. Are they? <laughs> I mean, am I meant to notice that, or is it meant to be? part, part of the, the style of the show. It's a very glossy show. It's it's very colourful. You know, is is it meant to be? That's the kind of. I, I think
0: I think it's just it's just meant to be, uh, glossy. Uh, I don't you know the things that uh, that the journalist wants to write about and not the things that the show is actually about and they're not actually about a journalist finding the truth she's always trying to write she's you know th- and and I love this thing about writers on television or writers in in the movies they never plan anything they just no. kind of they, they sit there with their computers and go type 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 ex- I've got a
2: story in extremely large fonts as yes. well which there's a bit where she, she does the uh, sex and the city thing of writing one enormous sentence which I thought was very funny and you know I I can I can accept it of,
0: of Carrie Bradshaw because uh, she writes a column and we all know columnists but uh <laughs>
2: the the thing is, you know, she wants to be a serious journalist. She's she's an oddly unformed character, which, again, I couldn't work out if that was deliberate or not. Like she says, oh, I want to write about important people, but she doesn't really seem to have any particular plans or ideas or, or direction. She wants to take that in. And now she's just hanging around rich people in the hope that she'll write about them accidentally or something. Yeah, you yeah, know the book fairy will leave a, a manuscript under her pillow. I, I I I don't know. What did you think, Brett? What was your what was your feeling? Well, I actually watched it uh, some time ago
1: when it was first beginning, and and I, I'm really having troubles remembering <laughs> any of it. <laughs> <laughs> Apart from the older the older daughter was was like just a, a complete bitch. Um, yeah, and that's it. and the, then there was some vulnerability,
2: but she didn't. Stop being a complete bitch. She is, she is a surprisingly unlikable character. Like, in, in a way that I actually thought was almost brave to kind of go, yep, no, there's not going to give her anything redeeming at all. But oddly enough, too, um, the lead character, hang on, Megan, Megan's Megan s- Smith. sister, she's meant to be estranged from the sister, and there's a scene where the sister's deliberately invited to this party by the, the rich girls to, to try and make her look bad, because the sister's white trash. And... They have a big screaming fight and a bit afterwards where the, the, the evil sister's going... Because, because the the white trash sister hadn't been told that... that she'd moved back to, she to the back. area. Yeah. And because apparently she'd taken off to, to actually yeah, do something with her life. How dare she? And, <laughs> um, and this bit where, where, yeah, the older sister's going, yeah, everyone felt really sorry for someone at that party and it wasn't you. And you're meant to think that Megan's been this complete cow to her sister and yet... Her sister is played as being such a horrific kind of oh, monster of a tell- character. In the
0: in the third episode, there's this uh, one scene where we don't even really see her face. She's wearing big sunglasses. She's wearing a bikini and uh, and kind of posing on the bonnet of a car. We see her from the back of her head a lot, and it's it's like she never even wants to look at us, the audience, like. <laughs> Like she just has such complete disdain for
2: everybody, I think that 's the same episode too, where um megan 's left a, a message on her voicemail and uh, um, yeah, sorry, and then the sister's rung back and left a message and because megan hasn 't called back presumably within you know a certain number of hours, the sister's left this abusive kind of, oh, I guess you weren't really interested in anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and then all the glasses in my house smashed and I just had to stop watching. But it was just, I, yeah, I, I, just, I just did not get what this show was doing. And I was like, the three episode rule, it's almost like we should have watched episode one, five and 18 or something, just to try and get more of an idea of what this show was doing. Yeah, possibly. And and I think that I was most uh, reminded
1: uh, Uh, by this show of Gossip Girl but the first two episodes and and Gossip Girl really changed around in in the third episode but like the first two episodes of Gossip Girl uh, most of the characters were were just so reprehensible and unlikable.
0: As opposed to that third episode where they were unlikable and reprehensible.
1: (laughs) No it actually switched around I I thought. Um, Having said that I I haven't really kind of stuck with watching Gossip Girl either. Yeah, Gossip Girl uh, pretty much went uh
0: went more towards the uh the the just unintelligible nastiness angle. So, and uh this I don't think is is going there because the uh the really smart uh daughter the older one uh Sage Rose, Sage? Uh, Rose. Uh, S-
2: S- Sage is the older nastier uh, one.
0: Sage uh is uh you know she's she's also a genius, so she doesn't have to work very hard. At high school, she doesn't have to do all this tutoring stuff, and she uh, really drags the stupid younger sister along, trying to make her stupider and younger. And uh, I don't see that that's going to stick around for well, the, very long. And the weird
2: thing like, I could see how the show could work for a certain audience. I, I could imagine maybe 16, 17 year old girls really getting into this. I could see maybe there's, there's a bit there. There's a lot of, you know. It's almost like a live-action cartoon in some ways, and the characters are. Very, so do you think it's like an as- aspirational type well, think, series for the young? I think just yeah, you know, it's got a lot of music, it's got a lot of colour. Yeah, and I think maybe maybe Megan could be kind of aspirational character. I think also if you were younger, you wouldn't find the the character of the generic black gay cook um, just quite so boringly old-fashioned and. Yeah, I I,
0: I I find it a, a little bit offensive.
2: Yeah, he, yeah, he kind of felt really sorry for that guy, and I was thinking, this is a terrible role. You're a terrible cliche, and obviously they're not going to give you any kind of emotional story. And then read that by episode seventeen, he's had a boyfriend and dumped the boyfriend and got back together again. So obviously well, like, I'm wrong. They actually do do something with that character eventually, which is good.
0: But the uh, but but in those first three episodes, he really is the the black servant, but he's also the gossipy gay guy. Uh, yeah, doing like, the wisecracking and
1: making scones. Yes, um, I just want to mention, it's kind of like the bartender in the original uh, Life on
2: Mars, Isaac. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, not Love Boat. <laughs> the, um, I just want to mention this is recently, it's based on a book. Uh, the book was called How to Teach Filthy Rich yeah. Girls, which I'm not making up, by Zoe Dean, which is almost as good as Hot Girls in Scary Places, which we talked about last week.
1: <laughs> so, so was that. An actual instructional manual? I I, I think it may have been a
2: non-fiction. I'm not sure. But yeah, How to Teach Filthy Rich Girls. Then um, the name was changed. Originally, you had that name. The name was then changed to Surviving the Filthy Rich, and then later changed to Privileged. And I thought that was interesting, because uh, there is a weird thing where the show actually likes the wealth. The show does not judge the wealthy people from their wealth, even though they should be. It's, Mm -hmm. It's kind of fascinating, I thought, to watch it from an Australian point of view. We're a bit more egalitarian than maybe the Americans are, so... We don't find this as aspirational as the Americans would. And whenever a character says something like, well, you've never had to work a day in your life, so no wonder you're such an asshole," um, the characters go, I think that's really unfair. If I picked on you because you're a poor person, you wouldn't like it. And they go, no, you, you're right, you proved me wrong. <laughs> that, 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 that happened in at least two of the episodes. And it now, kind of surprised me.
0: Now, please, all I have to give you are these five potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, interestingly, uh, or maybe not, uh, the uh, executive producer of Privileged, or one of the executive producers, Rena Mimoon, was uh, also consulting producer on the Gilmore Girls uh, and also worked on Dawson's Creek. So close with the uh, OC, mm. Dawson's Creek, Gilmore Girls, definitely in there. If you like those shows, I reckon you probably like but Privileged. That's a
2: fair point, yeah. If you like those... Definitely watch it And
0: it does uh, it, it, Two things One uh, It does uh, It does I think Pass the Bechdel test Because there are A number of scenes Where they're not Talking about uh, About men
2: That's true It does
0: uh, And also One of the things I like most about shows The opening credits Mercifully short <laughs> Yes That's privileged. It's going to be on uh, Fox 8 at some stage This month Read it. You're a Save Saviour. No, I'm, I'm just a postman. The postman. The postman. The postman. The postman. We were going to have an I don't buy it in yes. the show. Yep. And uh, next week. Now, we, do, we don't buy the I don't buy it.
1: Be- because the French translation, uh, they, they can say so much more in so fewer words, mm. they have more time.
0: They, uh, they
2: go, they go. Unfortunately, not so in English. Oh. <laughs> And j'e, je pas it. <laughs> and they carry baguettes in bags and onions and they wear uh berets and they ride bicycles. And eat yogurt. And eat yogurt. And they're cheese eating surrender monkeys. Is is there anything else left? I think that's every stereotype about the French, isn't it? Uh
1: Gaelic they, necklaces. Yeah. They're, no, it's, they're it's it's always like running away. They're always
2: r- running away. They're like Jerry Lewis. Um, yeah. Uh uh, they, uh, they gave the world horizontal stripe black and, and white oh tops. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Mm. And, uh, oh
0: accordions did we say accordions
2: no no and alo, alo. <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah they made yeah. that I don't know why they made that that was weird the, uh- <laughs> <laughs> the Madonna with the big boobies and they created Nikita which seems to have turned up in, in Dollhouse but um, <laughs> 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 it seems to be the basic plot uh, anyway, letters. Letters box cutters. <laughs> Dollhouse. Even Dollhouse makes more sense than Nikita did. <laughs> I love Nikita. It's a great film. Oh, no, no, no. I'm talking about Lafem Nikita, the TV series. Uh, oh, no, series. the TV series is dreadful with that bogan chick in, 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 who's about to be sophisticated. Oh, I'm sophisticated. <laughs> you say it's terrible, and I know we clearly have started pork early, <laughs> but
0: you could watch an episode of uh, of, of Femme Nikita and never understand anything that was going on. Everything was just
2: intrigue. And no explanation. <laughs> Very Canadian. I was thinking of Jean Luc Besson's uh, Nikita, which is excellent, uh, not the song by Elton John, which is a bit weird.
0: Yeah, that is an odd one. Uh, they him in love. Leave them alone. Hey, I, I, I want. To, I'll start with. Uh, I'll start with letters saying uh, that uh, bless you, actual Chad, for sending us one of the greatest things I've seen in a long time. Actual Chad sent us a uh, an image that he had made of the word box cutters but in the logo for the sesame street news
2: i actually didn't see this image this is no, this did is, I. yeah oh really that was just for you josh Ooh, it was chad loves josh it he was loves josh. it
0: was sent just to me i'm uh, i'm going to put it up on the uh, on the blog but i'll i'll show you guys now uh, there it is. <laughs> Isn't it fantastic? <laughs> it, just, it just.
1: Uh, I, I want to see Guy Smiley now. It's I know. Genius. fully expect that. Say, should oh, be our new logo. That's it, fantastic.
0: Kermit um, the Frog for Sesame Street News. But uh, uh, it's. Uh, yeah, it is it is brilliant, Chad. So thank you very much for that. I will be putting it up on the blog and using it everywhere I can. I already have it. As Maybe on the t shirts. The desktop of. Uh, well, that was his suggestion. Yeah. He's. Uh, okay, I, I thought that so you guys had. Actual done, Chad
1: and I, we're so connected. I, I can't believe. That Chad, you're sending stuff to Josh Chad, only.
0: Chad said, uh, "Here's something for the next time you do up a bunch of shirts and/or mouse pads or promotional macrame." I don't think enough people make mouse pads these days, or, no. pro- or promotional or macrame. Promotional or macrame. Yeah, yeah. So, Chad, bless you. I, that's fantastic.
2: Um, a couple of weeks ago, we, we talked about we did a ray watch and we talked about the coverage of the fires. And remember, you can give money at redcross.org.au for mm-hmm. fire relief. Um, One thing we mentioned in passing was it was kind of odd to see news stations sort of falling back on their old traditions and sensationalising a story that didn't require any sensationalism. You know, it was a story that all we needed them to do was just tell us the facts, tell us where not to go, tell us how to help. And they kept trying to turn it into sort of news stories. A few people commented on that. Um, Bolden added that... uh, says, I was the same with the use of the shot of the house exploding, probably because there could have been people in that house, and I also struggle with the aerial shots that clearly show the blue body bags. Um, he did feel, though, that the coverage was quite good, but he mentions, my only criticism of the coverage was one of the reporters standing in front of the flames at a King's-like petrol station. I mean, really, the flames were clearly in the background to evoke emotion, but what idiot stands out the front of a burning petrol station? Um, they didn't sensationalize or force the point. It was ha- well-handled. Um, excellent coverage And he mentions A uh, current affair In particular As, as uh, covering things Really well Something the current Affair should aspire To more often But I know That they won't uh, Darren Boxcutter Was annoyed uh, To uh, the, the, the stories About rumours Of looting Which he said uh, I've yet to hear Of one survivor Say my home Was looted In fact the other day I saw one of the TV Reporters go live To a reporter on site Who would asked About these stories and, would, and, uh, and basically The resident Had a go at him um, Thankfully the reporter Shifted his story To something more Substantial and Narada mentioned, as far as the bushfires coverage is concerned, the thing that really. She says shits here, but I'm not going to say that because it's rude. That's rude. You I'm can't not say, say shits. That. No. no, not on a podcast. Let's say um, bothers. The thing that really bothers me is that Channel 9 feel the need to give their broadcasters a name. Victoria Burns appeared on Saturday night, then it became Hell on Earth on Monday or Tuesday. And finally, we got Australia Unites, a story about relief efforts. So yes, I think somehow it's it's one of these things where no one needs a catchy name and a graphic for a bushfire, you know? It's just not needed. No.
0: Uh, I've got an email here from uh, Emily Russell. Emily, thanks for uh, for for writing it. No, Emily Boxcutter. It's e- Emily Boxcutter. She says United States of Tara! exclamation mark. You guys need to watch this show as soon as possible. It's absolutely magnificent, although the premise might not seem so intriguing. Keep an open mind, and I'm sure you'll love it as much as I do. We will be covering United States of Tara in the coming weeks.
2: Because mm-hmm. you asked, and, and we, we do stuff when people it's, ask. And, do you remember,
0: and, and do
1: you we remember suffer the, for our
2: listeners.
0: Do you remember the uh, the uh, kids show? We could do this as a before and after school, although it's completely irrelevant now. You asked for it. Do you remember? Yes. You asked for it. Yeah. People would write in letters, go, Oh, how are chips made? And, uh, well, uh, well, because you asked for it, <laughs> here's a piece on how chips are made Here's well, United States of Jar.
1: Wasn't it that show that was responsible for the Fonz uh, wiping out on his motorbike Trying to jump over 1,200
2: rubbish bins or something? So it should be you asked no. for something within reason No, that was Happy Days
1: <laughs> um, I, I but, but it was a show like you asked for it where there was a reporter on site and, Oh, know, there was a reporter on site Trying and to and do the stunt Arnold for the was TV. trying
0: to sell his fried chicken and
1: yeah, oh, Such a
2: um, while we're talking about things involving children, we talked about Count Ducula last week. We got a few responses to that, but this one from Stacey I wanted to read says, Count Ducula, after listening to this episode, I trawled through my box of audio cassettes and found some of the audio recordings I'd made of Count Ducula when I was about nine or ten. Before we had a VCR, I used to record the sound of the show onto tapes to listen again later. I did that. Did you do that?
0: I, uh, I, I never did that with, uh, with tapes. Oh, okay, yeah.
2: No. And I used to record Doctor Who and then listen to just sound effects and go, <laughs> I wonder what's happening. I, uh, I, used to, I
0: used to watch videos of things over and over and over again and then just
1: recite them.
2: Which <laughs> you still do, I believe. Which, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I, could do, I did that with uh, uh, National Lampoon's Vacation. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Over I, I wouldn't have over thought again. that
1: was strong enough for that. But uh, Flying High, otherwise known as Airplane. I can't tell you a single line out of that film. No.
2: Stacey continues, "Uh, It seems odd thinking of it now, but it was a show that my father and I bonded over as he loved Ducular as well, and we used to quote each other lines from it all the time. He liked Igor especially, who I think my father felt was a kindred spirit with his constantly depressed demeanour and resigned attitude towards his sorry life. (laughs) Igor from Ducular and Marvin from Hitchhikers are my dad's two favourite characters, Make of that what you will. Uh,
0: I want to know, uh, sorry, is it Stacey? Was that it? Was Stacey, yes. St- Stacey, I want to know uh, does your dad also like Eeyore in, uh, in Winnie, Winnie the, the Pooh. Pooh? Yeah,
2: very good. He's a very good Eeyore. I'm, 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 I'm a fan.
0: I think uh, I think Eeyore and Marvin,
2: very similar characters, and Egor uh, probably is uh, as well. And uh, Narada also mentioned here about CSI we talked about last week. Um, she says it's much about character as plot. Um, all that stuff about Grissom and his eyes, and Lady Heather, Warwick and the Gambling Sun, Sarah's crush on Grissom. The reason CSI Miami doesn't work is because David Caruso sucks the life out of everything he touches. (laughs) (laughs) But that's just my opinion. Uh, I uh, got an email. Not an email.
0: What's this thing called where they do it on the phones? SMS. Right, that. Uh, came from Alex Boxcutter. I've completely lost the ability to speak now. I don't know where that came from. Uh, Alex Boxcutter sent us uh, an SMS earlier Today, before recording this, yep. uh, saying, "WTF" was with Battlestar Four One Six. What a boring ep! I get the whole setup plot thing, but there seemed to be oh, that's two B, right? Lots of padding. Not
2: good with four eps to go. Alex Box Cutter. John, it, it, sadly, it's true. We're in the last ten episodes. I love this show. I love it so much. I cuddle it to my breast every night and cry. And it's, I, it's weird. Too. I film him while he does that. It's it really weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he sits in the corner. It's very strange. Um, it, look, I love. I just adore the show it's an amazing show and we're getting to the last 10 episodes the, the producers deliberately said four series we're going to end it and so we all assumed they knew what they were doing and these last 10 episodes it's proving they've got no idea and it is maybe,
1: maybe the writers have taken their eyes off the ball looking towards the uh, the movies
2: well to, to, to recreating Muffet the Daggett for the uh, 70s yeah uh, um, but it's just this terrible thing of watching the show you thought was being very clever and, and running and so many we've had, had run around episodes in which nothing actually happens at the end of you know things blow up and people fire guns at each other and and everyone everyone goes back to the same roles they had before then we've had exposition episode after exposition episode with nothing really being a lot of soapy there's a lot of eight Cylons in a room crying about stuff it's just not I heard that was the magical thing about the the new Battlestar Galactica that's what the viewers love the intriguing thing in this last ten episodes though if you read online is that people go well I hated those two episodes But this one's really good, and that's what was going. No, no, this was the only one that was good after those two horrible episodes. So basically, no one's happy at the moment, and there is a terrible feeling. It's all going to just be, you know, Lawn Green will turn up in the end. CGI Lawn Green will go. And that's another story. <laughs> that's going to be the end of the series. You know, it he does, he really doesn't feel like we're going anywhere. Now, come over here, Let's right away. <laughs> and they will. So yeah. have they made it back to the island yet? They they have made it back to the island, but it was on fire. Yeah, no, no, I'm, it's it's yeah. it still remains, you know, the most depressing show on television, and that I love. But uh, it's just, yeah, it doesn't really... Uh, I'm nervous. I'm nervous with four episodes to go. We've had a lot of padding.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's a that's a shame. And that uh, is, is Letters to Box Cutters. If you want to send us a letters to Box Cutters, you can uh, do it by email, hooray at boxcutters.net.
1: Yes, not you josh s- at boxcutters.net. No. Hooray. Hooray at boxcutters.net. Boxcutters. Thank you, actual
0: chat. Uh, and uh, uh, you could also uh, send us uh, an email via the web form. That the contact
1: have. page on the blog boxcutters.net. And, and
2: many fabulous comments to read on the blog as well, which we don't have time to go through all.
1: No, we don't have time to get through them all. Or they could uh, send an SMS to the Butt Doctor
0: number 0458Cutter is the number, or uh, you can send us a snail mail if you go back a few episodes and listen to the address that Brett read out.
3: Hey, um, when I cast my pod, it's with the box cutters in mind. Box cutters. Pod, cast, done. Pork is on the table.
1: Apparently, Brett, in Brett,
0: tragic, 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 tragic news, I was, JD. Hang, 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 I was going to say, Brett, you've got a piece of news that's
1: disguised as pork, and John, you've got a piece of news that's disguised as pork. Very true. Let's get on with it. Well, actually, there's a bit of a he said, she said in this. JD Fortune is apparently uh, has been sacked as the lead singer of NXS, and uh, he's broke and living in his car in his native Canada. Uh, he claims that... That's a little bit Canadian, isn't it?
2: It is quite Canadian, I think.
1: He claims that uh, he was in an airport at Hong Kong and literally got a handshake. They said, thank you very much. And uh, he found himself very... Well,
2: it's better than that member of Bros who turned up and found that the Bross t-shirts had come in, and his face wasn't on the Bros t-shirts anymore, <laughs> and he was no longer in Bross. I have no idea if that story is actually true. I've but never heard that, I, story. I, well, that That is the story about the third member of Bross. It went, it went down to a, a two-member of Bross. So, also you know. the story of the
0: reporter turning up to Andrew Ridgely's house, going, how do you feel about Wham having split up? <laughs> or was that uh, was that, uh, that uh, Australian Wham ripoff band from the 90s? Millie Vanilli? No, uh, the other one. Wawani? Doing? No, no, no. 90s, not 80s. Savage Garden? Yes. <laughs> it was one of those bands. Anyway. This it's, is the worst story ever. What's the, what's the punchline of this story? Oh, just the, t- turn up to his house and, and go, how do you feel about the band breaking up? And he's like, what? And what Andrew it?
2: originally said, I was never in Savage Garden. I was Garden, never in Savage right? Garden. What are you talking about? Will you people uh, stop coming however, around every time a band splits see, up? See,
0: I, I, I think the problem with, the, with, with J.D. Fortune in NXS is that he was... Being human, but what they wanted was a human being.
1: He would just change his arm position, surely. Uh, no, he couldn't. It, um, was, uh, it was like nothing was else turn left. Chris Who? Murphy is the creative director and global business strategist of the band in excess. Well, the the business venture, I guess. Uh, it doesn't say that uh, he, he's their manager. Said that uh, the band was horrified by the comments from JD Fortune. Um, and uh, that the supposed incident uh, is a mystery to the band.
2: What, hang on, the um, incident that he was fired from the band is a mystery to the well, band?
1: That, that he was dumped with a handshake at uh, a Hong Kong airport. <laughs>
0: we never shook his <laughs> hand, say in excess.
2: Yeah, we hate him. Um, <laughs> he's
1: basically saying that uh, the interview talking about Hong Kong was a bit of a hatchet job. Uh, and then he kind of does a bit of a, no, 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 no. In fact, he was next on my list to call regarding a very big recording project I'm putting together for excess at but, present. But I guess I, I have no reason to call him now. <laughs> you know,
0: if if you're a band and you've got a global strategy consultant, you're not a band anymore. Get into a room, write some songs, record the songs, release them. That's what a band does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm. I'm so I, I'm so angry with the excess. weird
2: thing is they actually flew him from Toronto to that Hong Kong airport just to dump him. Oh. that was mean. Yeah, we're not going there. Yeah, um, the other thing I had, which was news now discussed book, <laughs> was uh, Tracy Morgan who plays the character of Tracy Jordan on Thirty Rock. Um, I love 30 Rock he's, he's hilarious I love Tracy Morgan I love Tracy Jordan uh, A weird thing of, of Reality and And fakery Becoming the same thing Tracy Morgan The real life person Managed to set fire To his apartment building When his large aquarium The home to his pet shark Short circuited the other day <laughs> <laughs> So, that yeah. is such a Tracy Jordan it's thing such, to do. Such a Tracy Jordan thing to do to set fire to your apartment building because of your pet shark. But Tracy Morgan did it in real life. Um, the shark is fine. You'll be glad to know. Uh, but apparently the uh, when, when the sprinklers went off, it destroyed much of the belongings of um, Sherry Shepherd, who lives in the same building, who plays Jordan's wife on 30 Rock? <laughs> Which is very, very strange. She told the New York Post, I love my husband. He's my TV husband. And if any of my clothes get messed up, I'm sure Tracy will pay for them. So just proof there that Tracy Morgan really does live every week like a shark week.
0: That's hilarious. That brings us to the end of Box Cutters episode 170. I want to say thanks so much to our guest, Will Anderson, calling all the way from
1: Cricketsville mm. in Sydney. A lot of crickets in Sydney. A lot of crickets in Sydney. It's lucky like you kept on talking so that there wasn't a joke with, with a dead uh, response. I know, <laughs> I know. That
0: it would have, have been embarrassing. Or yep. perfect. <laughs> Uh, so, th- thanks very much. Uh, Gruen Transfer starts in a few weeks on ABC1. I also want to say thanks to Crumpler, who are our giveaway sponsors and will one day have giveaways for us yes. again. Otherwise, I'm going to stop saying it, Brett. Mm. That's that's pretty much it. Mm. That's what i am say. To- I'm putting my foot down now. Sure, be back. One day I might stop saying it. <laughs> also thanks to 3 R, whose studios we use for recording this podcast each and every week. They are the greatest radio station in the world it's and true. you can find them on the web at rrr.org.au. Until next week. If you enjoyed this show, please go to the iTunes Music store and leave a review or go onto
2: any cookery websites you're aware of. Cookery specifically. Or kitten websites? What about kitten websites? Oh, kitten websites. I do apologize for all the kittens last week, but thank you very much to uh, the, the picture of Cosmo, the kitten licking her lips in a box that someone attached <laughs> yeah. to the Boxcutter's website. That was I, I didn't find it that endearing. Oh, I, think, I, I think you're playing on Cosmo's you know, charms. And also to Kitten D, who left that comment saying, you had me at the word kitten.
0: Until next week,
1: my name is Josh Canal. I'm John Richards. I continue to be Red Cropley. Thanks for listening to Boxcutters. Catch again next week. Same bad time. Same bad channel. And hey, let's be careful out there.